Our second scripture lesson picks up right where the first left off. The Gospel of John, chapter 20, beginning with verse 11. Hear now God's living word. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look in the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? For whom are you looking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. What do you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. So when I was in middle school, my parents ordered a truckload of dirt. It's an unusual thing to order, and so my sister and I watched as the truck backed in our driveway and dumped it in our yard. It was dark, rich soil for planting. It sat waiting in the back of the yard until my dad borrowed a neighbor's tiller. For a man who has a desk job, this is an unusual tool to see him use. It was a beast, actually, for the roughly 8 foot by 15 foot place that had been reserved for our family's garden. He walked behind it, maneuvering and digging and mixing breaking up the old hard soil and mixing in this fresh, rich, new soil. And for a moment, as unlikely as it was, we began to feel a little bit like farmers. 
My sister and I watched him till that soil, and then we began to load wheelbarrow again and again so he could mix it, until finally it looked right and we began setting up planks around it, making a raised bed and patting it down. My mom began to plot out sections where different vegetables would grow. And over time, my sister and I learned how to care for the plants, how to water and weed and feed and tend. And then we began to learn to look for ripening tomatoes and peppers that came off branches. We would pluck leaves of lettuce and, and, and we would clip endless, absolutely endless supplies of zucchini. I can tell there's some gardeners with us. But as children, we learn to cultivate this good food. We learn to nurture the life of the plants that would give us delicious meals. And we cultivated our own attention to recognize the needs of the plants. We cultivated our sense of delicious food. And my 12-year-old self hardly knew the gift and the privilege that this experience of creating a garden would be for me. For in this experience, what we really learned was how to cultivate life and how to cultivate it together. Now, cultivating life is at the heart of God's life with us. Cultivating new life, real life, sustaining life, a connected life, is what God is doing with us again and again and again. In so many places in our lives and in the world, we can cultivate life for one another. And cultivating life is something that we as people also do. We create relationships and communities that become essential to us and essential to others. Now, as we read the story of resurrection from the Gospel of John, it is no mistake that the tomb is where Jesus, the tomb where Jesus is placed is in a garden. Growing life, growing people and community and love is at the very heart of God's identity. And even from the beginning of creation, as God created the earth and the land, the seas and the rivers, the creatures and humans that would populate it, God created a garden and God set God's creation to live in the garden. And then if we were to turn to the end, to to the prophets who describe the end of worldly time and matter, when we read the end of all things as described in the book of Revelation, it says there that there is a garden where God has planted a tree and it describes fruit that gives life to people. It describes the leaves of the tree that brings healing to all the nations The identity of God at the beginning of all that is and at the end is the identity of one who creates life again and again 
like one who is cultivating a garden. But it was not just the beginning, and we are not just waiting for a once again, even when death presents itself, or evil, or suffering, or anything wretched at all, nothing stops God from cultivating life. Nothing diminishes the life that God makes known in the world. Not crucifixion, not hate, not violence, nor anything else. And in the middle of everything, of all time, is another garden, the one we read about today, where there is a tomb where the Messiah is buried. And while it was still dark, Mary went looking for the body of Jesus, and the body was gone. She went searching for an explanation then, because that is what we as people do when the world doesn't make sense. And for Mary, there's hardly anyone around except a stranger, a man, that Mary thinks is the gardener. And in a way, Jesus is the gardener. But Christ's garden is far bigger than tomatoes and zucchini and squash or lettuce. It transcends what we know and what we understand. For what is cultivated is new life, life transformed. Love made known beyond explanation, which is given to the people and to the world that God loves so much. Reading the resurrection story is also no mistake in the Gospel of John that resurrection happens in the darkness before dawn. While life is cultivated in good times, when we feel well and secure, it is also cultivated in the unknowns, the struggles, and the heartbreaks of life. And in the Gospel of John, darkness is a word that is used metaphorically. It suggests a need for understanding. That there is a wisdom that is yet to be revealed or perceived. And so arriving in the darkness means that Mary does not yet understand what has happened. She did not know that she would encounter a living Christ and our lives are no different. In the darkest moments, we do not know that we might encounter a living Christ. An author named Debbie Thomas describes this beautifully. Sometime in the pre-dawn hours of that Sunday morning, she writes, a great resurrection happened in secret. No sunlight illuminated the event. No human being witnessed it. And now, even 2,000 years later, no human narrative can, can contain it. It exceeds all of our attempts to pin it down because it's a mystery 
known only to God. She continues, whatever the resurrection was and is, its fullness lies in holy darkness, shielded from our eyes. And all we can know is that somehow in an ancient tomb on a starry night, God worked in secret to bring life out of death. And somehow from the heart of loss and misery, God enacted salvation. We know our lives will experience pain or difficulty or heartbreak or all of the above and everything in between. We will bear witness to people beloved to us that we will return to God in death. We will face illness, broken relationships, serious disappointments. There are jobs that will be lost and opportunities for school or careers that will be missed. And all the things that can happen in a lifetime, something that we can count on will fade or break or go away. And in such darkness, when these things happen, we will struggle to understand. We will try and reconcile what is not easily reconciled. But in these moments... In these experiences, Christ is doing what is essential to who Christ is. God mysteriously, wonderfully, gracefully cultivates a new life within us. It doesn't mean that difficulty will go away. Or it will require... Years of processing to try and understand. But in God's presence is the cultivation of life. Where compassion and hope and love are made known. But God, God doesn't want to do all this alone, even though God does and can. God still calls people to join God, cultivating life together. Just as Jesus calls Mary in the garden, and when Mary hears the voice of Jesus in the garden, she recognizes him. And Mary is the first to see the risen Christ. She is the first person to go and tell her friends and family about Jesus. She is the first to share this new thing that God has done. And that's just the point. She goes to share the good news with others. She goes to cultivate the new life that she has seen with others. And in doing so, there are other people who might have the same experience that Mary has. That the generous gift of God's grace might be given and might call people to join God to participate in cultivating something new for God is already doing it. But God is looking for people who might understand just enough to go and participate. When I look back at that garden of my childhood and the produce that came into the kitchen, I'm reminded that it didn't just happen by accident. 
A family began to cultivate a knowledge and experience and a life together in that backyard garden. Our lives and our faith are just the same. Dawn in the garden of everyday life offers the opportunity to be with God. God is already there cultivating new life. And when the moment arrives, are we willing to step into that garden and join God the way Mary does? Will we have dirt in our fingernails and mud on our boots? A woman named Helen, excuse me, Ellen Hughes can tell you just what such an experience looks like. She told her story in a StoryCorps conversation on national public radio recently. Her 33-year-old son, Walker, has autism. He's big and he's energetic, and he had started a new medication, and he was not responding to it well. The the medicine made him agitated, and and he didn't understand what the medicine was doing, and And so she loaded him into the car to go to the hospital, and it was a struggle. He resisted, and he pushed back, and eventually he grew so frustrated with his mom that he bit her. And as she brought him into the hospital, bleeding, she tells the story like this, saying that this was not the walker, not the son that she knew at all. And when they arrived, when she checked in, Walker kept trying to run away and he finally broke loose and goes running down the hall. And when she catches up, there are five police officers surrounding him. And seeing this, she can only help but think this is not going to end well. They are going to kill him. But when she walks up to the group... Walker is laughing. An officer started a game with him. The officer would say, Walker gets up, Walker gets down, Walker scoots back, Walker lays down, high fives all around. And Walker would go and high five each of the officers and they would do it again. And as she walked up to them, the same officer leading the game began to sing that song from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? And at this point, a crowded ER room is watching. People around are witnessing what's going on and they want to join in like it's a party. In this very anxious moment for a very anxious mom, the complexity of being human, the struggle to understand the darkness of frustration was relieved by a stranger who welcomed her son Walker and in a very scary moment for a family, became the one to bear witness about how life is cultivated. And the officer interviewed after this event responded saying, 
if we can't do it by ourselves, then there are other people out there to help. And I want to be one of those other people. God is cultivating life. God is cultivating life in resurrection. God is cultivating life in us. And don't we want to be one of those other people? Cultivating life like this officer? Cultivating life like Mary who runs from the garden to tell the story like the disciples who spread to share the good news with all whom they meet. That the world might know, that the world might just know that new life is taking shape every day because of the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God this day and always. Amen.